Welcome to Podcasting for That Reasons, where ABC brings the drama. And whoa, guys, we have got a lot of analysis. Hey, guys, I'm Renmardia. My name is Brendan, and it's good to have everyone back. Um, yep, just that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> what were, What was your, you know, we get the announcement at the end, and you're sitting, and you're for the first time basking in your own thoughts. What did you, what did you think? Like a scale of one to ten. One being, it was the worst thing you've ever seen, and it makes you want to stop watching The Bachelor. And ten being what we just experienced two months ago with Tasha's ending. Because that was obviously the best ending ever, ever. But continue. Loved it. Loved it. Her is so authentic. Her and her and, uh, and Clarky. Okay. I thought you um, forgot his name. I think that this, I when this all wrapped up, credits are rolling, Modern Family reruns start airing, and I'm still sitting on my couch thinking, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and I think I'm, I think I was at a good solid five. I would say five, and then that's only because it was like, it was what I expected. It was not enjoyable. I did not enjoy mm-hmm. watching it. I did not enjoy the actual episode. I did not enjoy after the final rose. And that's, Emmanuel Acho was great. I yeah, really enjoyed, yeah, he was great. I think he, he was, did a good job. He and was I the think only he's, highlight. He already has, like, hosting skills. Um, people were hateful, though, about his jacket size. It was way too okay. small. <laughs> like, someone was like, um, I know he's filling in for Chris, but did he have to wear his jacket, too? <laughs> and you knew they could find clothes that fit because Matt's fit was impeccable. Yeah, yeah. Like, his, yeah, his tailored, his tailoring was great. It was Emmanuel, a, maybe he was just like, I just want this. I want to wear this suit. And I'm a big former, former NFL guy. Like Emmanuel was, had it was like he picked up his jacket on the way and the dry cleaner had accidentally shrunk it a size. <laughs> oh, gosh. The comments, though, I thought. I was like, oh, no. But, yeah, I think he did a really good job of um, carrying the conversation. I think he did a good job of, uh, I understand, uh, like, having, I think I said this in the last episode, but I, I recently read his book, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And so I then I saw, okay, here's why he was picked for this. This is his this is his realm. This is what he does, yeah. you know? And it's not necessarily, and he was aware that, like, hey, you know, this show is about finding love. So we're going to talk about that, too. It's not just being uncomfortable, but for the majority of this, we've got a conversation that I need to mediate, you know? Um and I appreciated what he what he did there. Uh, but yeah, I think, so it wasn't, I, I wouldn't fault him. Uh, it was just the entire season, a lackluster season coming to um, an ending that just wasn't, it didn't blow me out of the water. No. It was just okay. kind of, yeah. Question. If, now this is in a perfect world where Chris does not put his foot in his mouth with mm-hmm. Rachel Lindsay. Would you have enjoyed a dual host where we talk about love and relationships with Chris mm. and then Chris leaves and Emmanuel Ancho has uncomfortable conversations with Michelle and Rachel and Matt? Because I feel like that is where that's where Emmanuel himself struggled. Because like if the more uncomfortable it got, mm-hmm. the more he felt comfortable. 
But like the conversations with Michelle about her relationship with Matt, yeah. he seemed to be like, I mean, it's obviously something he's never done before because Chris has done it the entire time. But I right, feel like that's where right. he kind of struggled. Because I think all of the things that I like, all of the things that I dislike about Chris stirring the pot, causing drama, asking questions that I'm like, come on, please. I understand that that is part of what makes the show good. As much as I'm annoyed with it, his conversations, his questions about, you know, do you love this woman? Or are you gonna ask her to marry you? Or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, get out of here, you know? But <laughs> that's what ma- that's his time to yeah. shine, you know? And Emmanuel, the more uncomfortable, like you said, the more uncomfortable the conversation gets, that's his forte. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, okay, now I can facilitate this, this discussion about race, about um, relationships, about the, like how this looks in the world, you know, and how we can move forward. He's like a good, yeah, he's, he's a good mediator. I do think that's an interesting question though. If it could balance well and it can transition organically, yeah, I think it would have been. I think that would have been good. Yeah, that would have been. Because obviously, been... Chris would have been weird to have that conversation. Yes, that needed to happen. So I do think, yeah, like I think that would have been a good idea. The way we all felt when he had that conversation with Matt at the very beginning of the season about what it's like being the first black Black Bachelor, and Chris is like, "Oh, I'll just do your best, man." Right. <laughs> oh, you're black. What? <laughs> I didn't notice. I don't see color. Oh, gosh. So uh, we start the episode with uh, Patty and John. Patty and John have arrived. What I did not know and I learned today on Juliet Littman's The Bachelor Party with uh, Mm -hmm. Van Latham, Rachel Lindsay's host from her podcast. Apparently, John is a rapper and has music on YouTube, YouTube, and apparently it slaps. Really? I should think that Matt would do a better job of, you know, talking about his brother. You would think that social on his social media that Matt was an only child. Okay. Here's the deal. Matt never talked about his brother. No, he, not once. Like, I, so the introduction of his brother, I honestly was thinking, I was like, wait, what? You know? And then I was thinking back to Ivan last season mm-hmm. when he was talking about his brother. But then I was like, wait, this isn't the brother, though. This is Those are two different guys. And then I was like, hang on. Hang on. What? Ivan's the one who always talked about his brother. Matt I, no, Ivan never loved his talked brother. about his brother. Yeah. And so then I was like, hang on. So here's another thing where you're like, oh, he still talks to his dad? You know? I only thought that he had his mom. You know? But then it's like, surprise, he actually still talks to his dad. He just has some um, issues. Now here's this brother who people, I love like online, love Instagram comments. People are like, here's the deal. Does his brother work in HR? Because y'all need to hire him. He's got some seriously awesome questions. Is he a therapist? Is he like a human resource director? He's he's a rapper. His questions were solid too. I just love how he shows up. He's like in his cool dreads, his cool jackets. He's like carrying this big old glass of wine. And he's like, uh, Rachel, would you like to step aside and have a conversation? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he was so on it. Like, I think he was like, all right, where my dad completely botched it. <laughs> like, I'm going to shine here. Yeah. And he had some serious, great conversation, I think. Uh, so then we start kind of the episode leading a certain direction when Patty says, there's nothing I want more for Matt than to find love with a woman that truly cares about him. 
I think it's a long shot that Matt will be engaged at the end of this. A long shot. A long shot. Okay, Patty. All right. So we should have known there that she wasn't like super going to be like Hallmark greeting card. Love is in the air. Yeah. But uh, Matt brings Michelle first. Mm-hmm. Nice introduction. Uh, John pulls Matt, Michelle aside. John says, "I'm going to keep it real." Though he seemed a, he seemed a little nervous, and uh, but Michelle and John have a good conversation about her last relationship. She says mm-hmm. it became unhealthy, and then they talk about how Matt is closed off about his feelings, and John believes Matt has found somebody that is a good match for him. If mm-hmm. only he had just listened to John. Right. Honestly, that's all he had to do was listen to John. Yeah. Like, John really liked her. I feel like he, seriously, John had, like, such a good assessment of, like, who these people were. Like, I feel like he was objective. He was like, this is what I see where Matt is. This is who I see Michelle as. This is who I see Rachel. I I don't know. Maybe just not even invited Patty. (laughs) She was genuinely useless. Huh? useless mm-hmm. all she said all she did was cry and say i just want matt to be happy over and over Honestly, again my mom even my mom texted me and then called me afterwards after the whole show she was like how annoying was it that matt's mom was crying why is she always crying <laughs> always crying well we get to the first cry here when michelle talks to patty and she talks about how matt has always uh gravitated towards friends with strong families And to see Mm -hmm. he's grown up to be who he is makes me feel so proud. And then Michelle says she's very much in love. And then Patty says, talking to you, I see your sweetheart and who I see your sweetheart and who you are. And then they both Mm -hmm. cry and they hug. They cry and they hug. And then Matt and Matt and Michelle have a snowball fight. Yeah. And I thought this was really, I thought that was cute. You know, once again, we knew that he wasn't like with Michelle. It was just like, okay, how, when, at what point? <laughs> at right. what point? Um, but Michelle continued to show that she was authentic, continued to just be super, um, I don't know. Yeah, she was very real and I did appreciate it. I thought that she was, she was great on her date and her conversations with his family. And um, yeah. She hit all the marks. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a good conversation. There wasn't anything, there wasn't really anything that happened that didn't need to happen or anything that was uncomfortable. She answered all the questions honestly. And that's what, Mm -hmm. really, neither of these conversations were anything. Yeah, like it just wasn't. I don't know. I think the most fun though was when, yeah, when she played the snowball, when she did the snowball fight and I was like, ah. You know, like, yeah. she's pretty cool. But still, I was like, nice. She's nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, we skipped the rest of the day. I don't know if they, did, they didn't have the rest of the day or what. But I, yeah, all of a sudden, I Rachel shows think up. That these dates, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Next thing we know, just Rachel is there. Uh, she says this is the last really big step in our relationship before that engagement. Uh, and she sits down, they have a couple conversations, a couple of minutes of conversation where apparently they had an awkward conversation in fantasy suites. Didn't know that was happening or. Oh, I missed that. What was that? They didn't. 
They just said that they had an awkward conversation in France this week, but it went fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I missed that. It was, I missed it that was part. real I brief. She said that. Hmm. She, they just mentioned it and moved on. I'm just like, okay, well, mm-hmm. if you're not going to expand, then I don't really care. That's the problem with this entire season, though, mm-hmm. is that they would show you one thing, but then they'd be like, oh, we're not, we don't have to, we don't have to make a big deal out of it. But it's like, but we could learn a little, we could camp out here for a second. Right. And, actually learn more about who these people are and their connection well it could have it could have been uncomfortable it may have been just uncomfortable and then ernie mm-hmm. okay sorry uh zoe's flash just started doing something oh okay i just saw that i was like <laughs> okay and it... I, saw... <laughs> I saw the flash i was like <laughs> yes Zoe's computer, man. Okay. Uh, it may have been one of those. Um, okay. Sorry, I, I, was about, I was about to start. We're good. All right. Okay. I think it was one of those things where, like, maybe it was just, like, an uncomfortable topic, and neither of them felt comfortable putting it to air. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, yeah. and because it was Fantasy Suites, th- there was no camera, so it, it was going to be on them to uh, recap it for us if they wanted to share. Yeah. Reveal what exactly it was. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, then John pulls Rachel aside. He asks how many serious relationships she's had. She said one in high school and one at the end of college. And he asked whether or not she's ever been in love. And she said she thought she was, but she knows now that it wasn't love. So I'm just like, I'm just just like, okay, but how do you know that this is love then? If you don't know, if you knew that you thought that was love and it wasn't. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) I but I, I think I understand because if you look at it like that, then how do you know that first love was first love? If you're like basing it upon having ever been really in love, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. I think I'm just being critical. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it a little. Uh, then Rachel praises Matt for being so funny, understanding, and a great listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel then talks to Patty says my faith in God is like a very personal important thing and then Rachel continues he came in on night one and the first thing he did was pray over us like, was I she the like, one that cried? yeah she was the one that cried okay I, I just remember when she's like I'm gonna cry right <laughs> and then she oh, felt she says I like truly felt in my soul that it was where I was supposed to be and they just have I, a nice conversation and they hug. I thought that this conversation with Rachel and Patty was better than the conversation with uh, with Patty and Michelle, honestly. And From that's what we why saw, I, yeah. I was a little disappointed because I was like, man, if all of this stuff hadn't happened social media wise, if all of this stuff hadn't happened um, where we, it was like, oh gosh, so such a controversial contestant. I really do. I saw somebody who had a genuine connection with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell like he really, obviously he was falling in love with her. And she was in love with him. Um, so that conversation based, I thought that conversation was solid. Yeah. That conversation mm-hmm. was like, wow. You know, like that's a, like when she talks about her faith, when she talks about the way that she loves him, you know, you could tell. Yeah. And so I was just like, man, she wasn't so freaking controversial. I know. 
but yeah, I thought that conversation really knocked it out of the park compared to Michelle's. Michelle's was good. It was solid. But I think it was missing something that Rachel's had. Yeah. Um, they say goodbye. Matt walks Rachel out. He comes back in. Uh, they talk. He talk, He asks. Matt asks John and Patty their thoughts on mm-hmm. meeting both women. Patty says, when you say you love somebody, does that mean, oh, automatically I'm going to become engaged? Or does that mean... I feel comfortable enough to see where this is going to down the road. There's nothing like being in love, but love is not the end all be all. And just like, I felt like, like, I know that it was like honest, but like Patty was being a super Debbie downer. Uh huh. Yeah. Like that was the moment that I was like, wait a second. This is totally turned. And I get it. Patty's been burned for sure. We've heard the story. Like it, it wreaked havoc on their family. It's obviously had some effects on Matt and the way that he has navigated relationships and impacted who he is as a man. Um, yeah, but Patty not fully getting through, and I guess not fully getting through the pain of what happened in her marriage is inadvertently causing some trouble with Matt and his relationships, I think. Yeah, and I and I was curious what your thoughts were. How much of this do you? How much of do you think of Matt's issues were actually issues with his dad, or issues Patty had that she, through time, like pushed on her kids, and then there, yeah. and I really like to. It would be really interesting to see John's relationship history mm-hmm. to see if there were some similarities. In terms of how her and her her and their dad's relationship has impacted John and Matt's ability to find love, right? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question because, like I said, like um, my mom and I were talking about this, and she brought that up too. She was like, "I think that it's like this: the trouble in his love life is not fully from his dad." No. And I was like, "Ooh, you're right," you know. Um, and she was like, that was on full display when his mom like said this and she was like, and I, and I, I love, love my mom so much because she was like, she pointed out, she was like, Hey, yeah. She's like, when you're, when I'm watching this, she's like, he has to make his own decision, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's the thing where moms can be so like, they mean so much to you and you can listen to them and take their, their opinions, like their weighty opinions, but she like was just like yeah but there comes a time where you just make your own decisions though and like as a as a single woman like and having a mom who's a quintessential mother like completely it was interesting hearing her say this because i was like oh okay you know (laughs) like but just like she was just like yeah like you anybody in general but like you have to make your own decision if you're on national television and you were on a show where you were down to the wire and you think that you found love with someone Go with that. Go with your gut. Like yeah. not, not just be like you know. Let your mom demolish that in two seconds by saying one thing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what happened. Really, yeah. Is and, it and she said that one thing and he spiraled? And that's kind of what Chris said after Matt left and he and Chris talked. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, Chris says this is not the same guy I was talking to a week ago when he was pumped and ready to get engaged, mm-hmm. and then. Matt shares with what shares with him what Patty says, 
And then uh, she says, he says, love changes, love waits, feeling change. And then don't worry, lo-, and then like, don't worry, love ends. And then that's what Chris says. And he says, what kind of greeting card is that? Right. Yeah. I honestly, I was like, Chris, I agree. You know, like what? Just the fact that she was like, feelings change and like they, what, did she say they fade? What did she say exactly? What was the quote? She, she said, uh. There's nothing like being in love, and love is not the end-all, be-all. So, uh, like, I get that, and I get that there's so much more um, with relationships and marriage, especially. But at the core of it, though, you hang on to that love. Like, if you, if you, it changes, and it, it grows, but, like, dang, Patty. Yeah. Like, I get it that, like, it sucks that that's what happened in your life. But, like, you just can't put that on your no, kid. you can't do that. You just can't. Because that's not always. That's not the all. That's not always the outcome. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of his and he and Chris's conversation. Mm-hmm. We get to the next day. Michelle and Matt have their date. I will say one thing, that before we get to the date, I did appreciate how his brother, John, was like, listen, I'm here for you. I trust your gut. I trust whatever decision that you make, I'm with you. But then he was like, I don't want you to feel like you have to rush into something. I felt like that was good good, real world perspective of like, don't feel like you have to jump in and become engaged. But he wasn't saying like, "Mm, do you think that it's like- I think he was trying to soften his mom's blow. Yeah. I think he was like, okay, that was really harsh. I better- Tone it down a little bit. Yeah, I honestly think the look on his face and the pause, I think that he really was like, Matt, you're good. You're good. Live your life. But it was too late. She had already said it. She already and those crushed two it. seconds in yeah. between, it had already sunk in. Like yeah. the look of panic that it like it was already it was already there. And so I, I do think that John was trying to to get him back, reel him back in and be like, Hey, whatever you choose to do, totally trust you. Just don't feel pressured to, you know, give a ring out. And that's fine, because that's what this whole show, sometimes that can be its kryptonite, where people feel pressure to get engaged, and then they don't last. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we get into the next day, Michelle and Matt have their date, they're gonna go rappelling down a building. Yeah. And oh then they, they chat in the building's parking lot. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't anything to this date. No. It, like, the only part that made me jump was when he was like, I'll help you. And then he, like, slipped a little bit on the side (laughs) of the building. I was like, whoa. But after that, I was like, okay. I was like, I know he's not dead because we saw him two weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't make (laughs) it any less scary. (laughs) I still jumped like it was a freaking Jerry Bruckheimer movie. (laughs) Uh,. I mean, the date was whatever. They didn't really talk about much. This whole season was whatever. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's just get to the evening portion then before you lose it. Uh, They get together for for dinner. Hmm. What did you think of Michelle's gift? (laughs) Okay. Um, Wait, we're talking about the... The jerseys. We're talking about the gift gift? The jerseys. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. I was like, I was like, wait, which gift? Um, yeah, so I thought that it was really sweet. It was really sweet. I thought that when she was like, here's the reason, you know, like, 
looking for a teammate and blah, blah, blah. Like, I loved it. I thought it was really adorable. But the whole time that I was thinking it was adorable, the entire time she was going on and on, I was like, Michelle, stop. Michelle, stop. Because he has a specific look on his face where he does this thing with his mouth. And it's the same thing that Andy, I told you, Andy used to do this in her Mm. season where she would do a weird thing with her mouth and then it'd be like, "Mm, I got to break up with you. (laughs) And so Matt does this thing with his mouth. And you guys can't see me, but it's like this thing where he's like, (laughs) I don't know what it is but he does it and then but he's like you can tell he's just like not really present yeah it's like he's listening but he's like okay okay I gotta find the right time and so oh gosh no when she gave him the jersey that said Mrs. James that's when I was like I gotta go I gotta go (laughs) my my thoughts were this was the president of a person who thought they had it in the bag legit legit thought she was there and at least didn't foresee him breaking up with her right there. I think that she probably thought she had it in the bag, but then also was like, I'm at least going to get to the top of the hill. You know, I'm at least going to tell him how I feel. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah. She didn't even get to the mountain. No. Well, the sad park pavilion that we'll talk about the a sa- little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the faux mountain. <laughs> but, uh, Oh gosh, Michelle. But then Michelle Michelle starts to see the look on Matt's face after she Mm -hmm. talks about the jerseys. And it's like, what's wrong? And then he I couldn't even finish my whole spiel if I saw that look on his face. I'd be like, here's this and I'm Mrs. J what the heck? What what is going on? (laughs) Like I'm gonna shut it down. He he shows that he's having some doubts and that he doubts that he shouldn't be having with two days left. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and then he's like, I guess it would be just easier to just tell you what you want to hear. And Michelle's like, no, don't do that. Just be honest Great. with me. Please don't do that. Please be honest. And uh, she she basically eventually says, I don't know, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to fight for you? Do you want me to just leave? Like, what are you wanting? Mm-hmm. And he says, I just can't get there with you. When he said that, how did you feel? Double feelings. Heartbroke. Obviously. Yeah. Second feeling was, what does that even mean? Right. It's it's my beside I I'm tired of hearing the word process and journey. But uh-huh. in terms of a statement, my least favorite statement is I don't think I can get there with you. Yeah. I also noticed that they started to take over the word the the phrase my person a lot. Like Michelle used it, Rachel used it, and then Matt used it Serena when he was used talking it. about Rachel later on. And I was like, okay, that used to be like a famous Grey's Anatomy line of like, you're my person, we're best friends, or you're my person, you're my soulmate. But it was few and far between. This show, this season in particular, I, think, I feel like it ruined it for me. <laughs> but you're right, journey, process, and um, I can't get there with you. Yeah, what is that? what does that mean? It's such a it's such a cliche phrase now though. What what it means is that I don't love you as much as I love this other person. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I'm not willing. This is where the work stops. Yes. I'm not willing to 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 go any further. Yes, I can't. Um, she starts crying, mm-hmm. and then like he like tries. He's like, Michelle, it's okay. Like, no, dude, it's not okay. Like, shut up. Right. She doesn't want to hear from right. you right now. 
He was the worst in this moment. He this was the he was bad at all his breakups. This was by far the worst. Mm-hmm. Like watching that, I was like, uh, but I I legitimately was shocked that he broke up with her right then and there. Like I thought that again, I thought that he was gonna at least get to the mountaintop or the pavilion or whatever. <laughs> but I, I thought that it was at least gonna gonna get there i did not think that he'd be like "Mm, yeah no i think if she had not given him the jersey and they would have just had a chill evening Mm -hmm. i think he might have pushed it off but i think that like drove his mind crazy and he was like i can't i can't not do this anymore Mm -hmm. that mrs james jersey though when that came out of the bag i was like ha like i literally sat on my couch and i was like oh no Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he he hugs her and he walks out, and then he kind of he chats with Chris again as he sits on the sidewalk. And Chris asks him if he can do this anymore, and he goes, "I don't know." Was that then or was that earlier? That was then, right? That was yeah. That was then. Yeah. That was then because um, after that is when Rachel's like. Rise and shine, my date's happening. I'm so excited. And Chris is like, girl, you wrong. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, Chris comes and tells Rachel, like, hey, I was with Matt last night. He's really having a hard time. And there's not going to be a date today. He'll, Mm -hmm. he'll tell you more. Meanwhile, Michelle's still in the corner of her room crying. Yeah. (laughs) I felt like they really played that out. And she says later on that she was like, you know, the producers were with her and they saw how that went and it was really rough. Yeah. But they kept cutting back to her just sitting on the floor crying. And I think it even came back from a commercial break and she was crying. I, th- I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's my brain thinking. <laughs> but poor Michelle, though. And yeah. the, the last thing we see is uh, before the day is Matt sits down with Neil Lane as he as the lead must, whether he wants to get engaged or not. Is not freaking Neil Lane. I think that Neil Lane was like, Why am I here? Okay, but like, I will it... say this <laughs> Neil Lane was the only person that was giving Matt unbiased wisdom. Okay, you are correct. You are correct. Neil's Neil's advice and his words, like, I, I felt comforted by Neil. Neil was the Neil only was one. <laughs> Chris was like, Yeah, was I, the I only want you to get engaged. this entire season. <laughs> Yeah, because Chris is just like, look, dude, I don't need you to get engaged. And Patty's like, please, for the love of God, do not get engaged. And John's like, whatever, man. And he's like, I mean, I mean, it's it's a big deal, but like, it's also like, it's not a forever commitment. Yeah. It's like, thank you, Neil. Like Neil was straight up like, when when Matt said, I like this one, I'm gonna hang on to this, and he said, you hang on to that, you hang on to it, <laughs> you know? Like I feel like Neil was like. I'm not shoving you in any direction. You know you're in love. You know you eventually want to give that ring away. You hang on to that. Plus, Neil just is very comforting with his smile. I've never loved Neil Lane more than I did this season. And except for the quarantine, the quarantine Claritasia season, when they call him FaceTime and he's just like, "Eh, whatever. (laughs) What Neil Neil was trying to say in that situation was, look, I have my contractually (laughs) obligated screen time. If you don't right. take a ring, then that saves me money and I get the exposure. So really, I don't give a crap either way. 
Right. Neil's like, do what you want to do, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, this is, I don't know when it happened to you, but this is when I learned for myself, this dude was never getting engaged. Because here's his quote. He says, he, he holds the ring up and says, this isn't just a ring. To me, it's a representation of what my father couldn't give to my mother. I'm just like, okay, this was, he was never getting engaged. Because no. this man has so much going on in his head that he has not processed properly. Yeah. He needs to sit down for intensive tra- traumatic therapy. Yeah. Because this like, boy no joke. is all over the place. I think that you're, I think that you were so right in that assessment. The fact that, yeah, that he, he, he continuously brought up his father. Yes. In this, it like, while holding that ring, like, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't never... know if I ever thought that he was going to get engaged, but I think for me, it didn't really hit me until after the final rose. That that's when I was like, this was never gonna work out. <laughs> he he never once said anything about the ring in regards to the woman he loved. Mm-hmm. He, the ring was only in regards to his mother and fa- his mommy and daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that he just kept going on about like how he wouldn't want to do to Rachel what his father did to his mother. She doesn't deserve that. And so it's like, okay, but if she, if you are in love with her and you want a relationship with her, work through that, you can be together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right though. When he held up that ring and said that, I should have known. I should have known then that like, let's call it, let's call it quits. <laughs> yeah. And then there, I'm going to say a state, a state, I'm going to make a statement and you guys can, bachelor's can, can judge me. Or not. I don't really care. All right. Drum roll. Let's get ready when for it. When <laughs> Rachel showed up for that proposal day, for the proposal, she had legitimately never looked better. She was really pretty. Yeah. That like, it was a green dress, wasn't it? It was like a, it was like, yeah, it was like a dark green. The sparkly. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. When all season, I thought she was attractive. But like, uh-huh. yeah. she was never like the prettiest. But she she looked fantastic that day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, that's like, for sure. She was beautiful. She was. And this is the thing. I, I just, uh, I wanted, I, there were just so many moments where I was like, oh, Rachel, I wish you hadn't been so problematic because, like, I did like her. Yeah. And I did like their connection. There's not a reason not to. No, and, even, and so that that's the bummer about this. Even what Michelle said in After the Final Rose. Mm-hmm. She made mistakes. She's got a lot to learn, but she's very sweet and she has a good heart. Like, I don't dislike yeah. I don't dislike her. And Bree said similar things on Nick mm-hmm. Vile's podcast. I never disliked her. She was sweet. So this yeah. this what this comes down to, and this is what I really think, this is really what I think the problem eventually comes down to with Matt is that she clearly, and even she said this to Emmanuel Lacho, I didn't understand it was a problem, so I just didn't know it was a problem. Mm-hmm. And she's learned it was a problem, is making the efforts to fix it, but she just seems like a genuine sweetheart. Like, she she was never part of anything. Yeah. 
I think though, where, um, well, let's talk about the proposal first, and then we'll get yes. into a little I'm bit. I'm getting ahead of us, Rachel. basically, because I'm done with this. I'm done with this part of the episode. <laughs> uh, Rachel shows up. She starts with her speech, as is obligated. I want. <laughs> I want to be there. She has to say this by contract. <laughs> I want to be there when you're hurting. I don't I don't know what happened yesterday, but I do know I'm going to run. I'm not going to run when it gets tough, even though Matt will. I've never felt a love like this in my entire life. I choose you every day because everyone has to say that. And then Matt responds with, I couldn't live with myself if I put you through what my mom's been through. I want to leave here with you and I want to commit to you. The truth is that I love you. Then he goes on to say that he wants to marry her and have kids with her eventually. And then, I mean, she was definitely not not happy she wasn't getting a ring. Mm-hmm. But I think the statements at the end about wanting to marry her and wanting to have kids with her definitely softened the blow of no engagement. Yeah. And I thought that this made sense. It honestly did make sense just to be like, hey... You know, I want to be with you. Let's let's create a relationship that, like, will eventually go go towards marriage. Just just based purely on the fact that they even got less time than they normally would. Oh yeah. Like even compared mm-hmm. to a normal season, I got less time because only one person got a second date. Mm-hmm. Normally, three, yeah. No, normally two of the three fantasy suites get a second date. Only yeah. one total person got one. So I like I don't know, but I think that um, yeah, like this, it, it made sense to just be like, hey, I can't propose right now, but I really love you, and I still want to like leave here with you. So yeah, I think that like you said, it cushioned the blow, and plus, like they were gonna leave there together anyway and be be in a relationship. So why not just do like why not just take a, a step back if one of them's not ready? It's fine. Yeah. Uh, should we jump into after the final rose? Yeah. So the two of them are super happy, right? And... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start the episode with a little monologue from Emmanuel Acho about how he's taking over for Chris and. Uh, He'll be having these conversations with Michelle and uh, Matt and Rachel, and apparently also mm-hmm. with Bree, even though they never showed it. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Bree was Why? there. Bree was there and taped the segment that they never aired. I don't understand this season. Why did they not air this? Beats me. Oh my gosh, I can't with them. Mm-hmm. Why? This is the most edited thing I feel like ever for the the Bachelor yeah. or the Bachelorette for that matter. So many things were cut, so many things were filmed, but then edited out. Like what? Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Acho says, "My hope is that we can talk openly and honestly." We can take important steps towards mutual understanding and healing. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. He talks right. to Michelle first. She said, 
She says, I did not want to be sitting here with, with the ending that I had, but I'm ready to face it. And she said that she's here for closure. Apparently, she had asked to talk to Matt after their breakup. Apparently, he declined. Right. Well, and what was I? I'm curious as to like what his reason was because he apologized later on, but he really didn't fully like give a reason as to why he was like he said no, why he turned that down. It sounds like his his thing, whatever the real reason was, his excuse was basically production just it just didn't work out. Hmm. I'm just like, come on, bro. Like, mm-hmm. okay, because this is real life for you. This is love, so you right. could have just talk to her yeah she says he refused to have that conversation with me and uh that was i mean that was really this really seemed to be the reason she was there if she obviously the bachelorette announcement but Mm -hmm. if matt had just had that conversation with her in the first place who knows if she had would have bothered to leave work in quarantine again yeah for this that's true uh, Emmanuel Alcho and Michelle talk about Rachel's photos and she says she has a lot of thoughts on that Michelle says that the more she learned about the situation the more hurt she felt as a black woman this was a prime example of not understanding the history behind it I feel like Rachel has a good heart but I think that, like there's I feel like there's a lot of learning that needs to be done and then they talk about Chris and Rachel Michelle doesn't come Right out and say they're they're not doing anything, mm-hmm. and then but that's basically what she's saying is like this is the like they're not doing anything to fix it. Right. But uh, she says all of these issues that everyone's talking around and addressing and apologizing and making statements, but not actually changing anything. There's a point where you just exhausted. And she says that she's willing to continue working with the show, which perhaps should give us all a little bit of hope. And obviously she's going to continue working with the show because she's going to be their lead. Right, right. So it's like, well, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know so quickly you'd continue to work on the show. (laughs) I didn't realize that by that you meant the summer. Right, right. Gosh. Um, Yeah... I was a little bit bored with Michelle's segment. I that's really because, didn't That's because need it, it wasn't. Like, it, we were all there after the final rose for one thing and one thing only. Yeah. So, so we just had Michelle's to, we segment, just had I was to, just kind of like, all right, that's nice. Yeah, we just had to push through the rest of this. Mm-hmm. But she did. I appreciated that she told him that she hoped that he found a new phrase besides thank you for sharing. And, um you know, that he would learn to kiss with his eyes closed. (laughs) Those things. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Please tell him to do those things. Matt, Matt comes out and says, it's been a very rough past few months. I'm still processing everything. And then Michelle's, then we get into the uh, Michelle and Matt of it all. And Michelle says, the moment you left, I crumbled. I asked you for a conversation and you said no. Matt, as there was no justification for not having that conversation, and if I would have known this is how you were feeling at that moment, I would have fought for that conversation. So either 
he didn't know, which I don't believe, mm-hmm. or like he just didn't push. Right. That's what I I'm I just I I think he was so done with it. I think he was just probably like, okay, no, because she's gonna try to get me back, or no, it's gonna be too emotional. And I think that's a prime example of like him running from an issue, like he says he's done in the past. Yeah, because he could. They could have just had an off-camera conversation. Mm-hmm. Just been like, okay, so here's what happened. This, this, and this. You know. Yeah. The love was real. It's just not the love. Yeah. Uh, Matt goes on their praise. Michelle saying, "My respect and admiration for you is just through the roof." If I could do it all over again, I would have had that conversation with you. Okay, which is meaningless. Yeah, which is nothing. Um, Michelle seems whatever about it. And then Emmanuel, trying to do his best, Chris, says, Well, Michelle, you may never see Matt again, so is there anything else you would want to say? When he would say that, you may never see him again. Like, (laughs) he said it twice, you know, with both of them. But I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, they are part of Bachelor Nation. They're probably going to run into each right. other. <laughs> this is, fortunately, Michelle doesn't seem to be shaken by the prospect of losing contact with Matt. I hope, and then she says, I hope you find your happiness. I hope you move on with kissing with your eyes closed. And I hope you come up with more phrases than just thanks for sharing. Love it. Which I'm just like. Love it. She just roasted the worst things about, the worst qualities about him. Mm-hmm. I was proud of her for that. But yeah, she did not seem too broken up with the fact that she might never see him. She was like, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up why you didn't talk to me right after I was sad. That's re- that's really the reason I came. Yeah. She's like, okay, bye. So uh, I thought that then, was pretty hilarious. Then Michelle leaves and we're left with just Emmanuel and Matt. And they're going to have uh, some uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. He was really all about um, his his tagline. Yeah. Well, let's get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emmanuel asked Matt, how much pressure was it being the first black bachelor? And he basically said it was a lot of pressure. Matt mm-hmm. says that black people always face an extra level of scrutiny, especially when they're the first to do something. He knew that, however, he, he knew that. But he would he he came across on the show would have be held up as an example of how black people move throughout the world. And I'm just mm-hmm. like I he was definitely trying to like say that like, hey, this was really hard and like I'm not like not all black people are the same is basically what he was mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah. And it was it was definitely uh it was definitely an interesting conversation. What did you think about their segment um i i appreciated the honesty of it i appreciated the fact that because i i don't think that this conversation could have happened with necessarily chris harrison or it could have happened but it wouldn't have been as authentic because i think that matt felt more comfortable with someone that had a similar life experience and had a similar um story to his and so I think that's what I really appreciated about it. Um, but I, yeah, yeah. Now this 
this part of it I really did like listen to and I wasn't very critical of because it's his story you yeah know? yeah Aljo as I walk around realizing I might be the only black man that this person comes in contact with today so let mm-hmm. me do my best to adequately represent black men across the country which and is like, a hard like way to carry yeah and like I guess for me I just because it's probably partially because of where we live. Mm-hmm. But that's basically all I interact with most days mm-hmm. is black people. Like, that's what's yeah. crazy. Like, because of where I live in North County in St. Louis, mm-hmm. I mean, my high school, we had 450 people graduate with me. I'd say 375 to 400 of them were black. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. this is not an understanding, this is not a... A, a realization, a society that I see. Mm-hmm. But obviously, where Rachel probably comes from, there probably isn't a lot of black people. Yeah, because she's from Georgia. Yeah, right? she's from I a small town. In, I think she's from like a smaller town in Georgia. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think that that was an interesting point that Emmanuel Acho brought up, though. And it kind of, I think that also helped Matt to relate to him because, like, yeah as a person of color, like it is something that you think of when you are navigating certain rooms and certain places where, um, yeah, that sometimes people don't really have a lot of people of color in their life. So then it's kind of like, Oh, and so then you become the, I guess, for lack of a better word, the token. Yeah. So it's kind of like they, the assumption that, everyone who looks like you is like you because you're the sole representative in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very, a very interesting point that he made. Um, and I think that helped Matt to be even more honest. And I honestly think that a lot of people who are listening and watching probably found that very relatable too. So I think this conversation broke through a surface level that Chris Harrison couldn't, even if he hadn't said his controversial defense. No, for sure. This was, Rachel. this was, I don't necessarily like how we got here, but we got to a decent place. Yeah, yeah. it's It was a needed place, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Matt talks about how he was originally, originally drawn to Rachel because of her authenticity. And how after the show that they had a good honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he kind of breaks down the timeline of when he learned what. And he basically sounds like it was a similar timeline to everybody else. Where we heard the rumors, we thought these are stupid rumors, and then we thought, okay, well, we're hearing a lot of rumors, and when there's smoke, there's Mm -hmm. fire. What I thought was interesting about that, though, is he was like, you hear the rumors, and you you believe your person, and he was like, you like to think that nobody else knows your person like you know your person, Um, and you think that they're not true and then you find out that they are true so that's where i was wondering like did he not just come right out and say hey so i'm seeing some stuff or i'm hearing some things or like whatever are these true like was you know and if he did ask her did she say they weren't true until there were pictures you know like that's where i was kind of confused because he's like you like to believe that they're not true and then you find out that they are and so because to me, I think that her being his girlfriend, she would have confirmed unless she denied it. And then 
I was like, oh, you mean those pictures? <laughs> yeah. Like, or did he ever even ask her? I, I don't know. That's what, that's why I'm like, that yeah. didn't make sense to me. I'm not going to lie. He said, uh, he says he recognizes that Rachel may not understand what it's like to be black in America, which like she won't. She never, like I said before, I grew up in a very African-American part of this, in, mm-hmm. of this country. It's predominantly black where I live. I have black friends. There was a black man in my mm-hmm. wedding. I have black people that I know well, and I've talked to a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand what it means to be black. I'm a white guy. Right. Like, there's right. no like reason. You, you won't. No. You, you just and there's won't. no it's there's not... no way that a girl who's half white, half, what was her dad, Hispanic, I'm guessing? I think so. Half white, half Hispanic sure. girl can know what it's like to be a black man in America. It's just, and if that, this, what it comes down to is, I think this is, I want to get your thoughts on this too, because I haven't really worked this out in my mind. Is if that was such a concern for him, then maybe he should have picked somebody who was more comfortable with his experience. I think. Because, or well, maybe he didn't realize that was a. Maybe he didn't realize how important that was for him. Yeah. Because he said at the very beginning, like, in coded language, hey, don't expect me to pick a black girl. Right, right. Um, but I think that, I think where that comes from is he's probably dated white girls that, he probably hasn't dated white girls that clearly went to plantation parties and liked problematic tweets and pictures on Instagram. Um, and apparently there were like some QAnon theories that she had shared. <laughs> 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 that they didn't, that they didn't really talk about. They solely focused on I'm sorry. this. <laughs> <laughs> solely focused on this plantation party. But when I started looking more into it, I was like, wait, so like maybe that's why he was a little angry? Is the fact that he's like, bro, we do not see the world the same. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. I would have I would have legitimately loved this finale fifteen times more than I did. If I had realized she was a QAnon person. <laughs> like she, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene just walks out and is like, hey, come here, baby girl. Let me hug you. It's okay. <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll get them one day. Right, right. But yeah, so apparently there was just more. There was more to it than just this plantation party. Um, but it appeared to be that was like the biggest deal um but so i think that maybe he just hasn't dated girls that adhered to QAnon theories and and you know um had done something so blatantly um for lack of a better word ignorant yeah and and like emmanuel Acho said like you can do something racially insensitive but not be racist absolutely and i think that's what happened um, I think that people can do things like on a racial level that are immature and then learn and grow. Yeah. Um, Which is really what I think that she showed in this next part when she came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, first, first of all, Manuel decides, uh, asked to talk to Rachel alone, which I'm just like, dude, they're not together. Like you can just like, you don't have to ask him. Right. He right. doesn't have any ownership over her anymore. Okay, bud. 
But uh, they talk for a little bit first. She says, yes, the last few months have been hard. But I don't want to sit here and victimize myself. And then Emmanuel Acho starts the proceedings by putting the picture on the screen. Starts the proceedings. <laughs> when you... Yeah, he sure did. He was like, but for people that don't know about it, here it is. For Exhibit the 12 a. people who are watching this who haven't been paying attention. And then he asks, <laughs> yeah. when you look at this photo, what do you see? And Rachel says she sees someone who was living in ignorance. I never once asked myself at any point, like, what's the tradition behind this? What does this represent? Why do we wear those dresses? This isn't a I didn't know better. She says this isn't an I didn't know better defense. I never took the time to make the connection. She says, in my eyes, there's no excuse. I did get a lot of I did get a lot of people saying this is normal where I grew up, but that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, like, obviously, once again, I'm a white guy. So this is not for me to declare whether or not this is okay. For me, I'm just like, okay, Mm -hmm. she's clearly making a lot of effort to take the blame. And to the point where she's not even blaming, when asked about it, she wasn't blaming anyone else. Where the clear blame at some point has to be put on parents in the education system that aren't talking about these things that are actual things that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, because that, that is, that does tend to be like at the core of it is that that is not taught. That is something that is offensive. Like this is offensive. Here's why, you know, yeah. um, clearly, I, I, to me, I would think it'd be obvious if you're celebrating um, antebellum South, which is, you know, before the war, um, that that would be something that would be offensive to Black people, you know, to be like, hey, you're celebrating a time when they were not free. You're glorifying a time and you're dressing in this, these dresses and and outfits um, glorifying a side of the war that blatantly fought to keep them in bondage. So um, I think, yeah, it, it sucks that that's not obvious, but sometimes you do have to, to tell people like, hey, okay, it's not obvious to you, but here's what it is. Yeah. And I really think that it speaks to where she was in her heart when he asked, like, hey, did you, like, lay at night thinking about what happens if this photos come out? And she goes... And she's like, no. She goes, I didn't give them a second... Basically, she said, I didn't give them a second thought. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, she... Why would... Yeah, if she didn't know it was problematic, why would she lay in bed and be like, oh, shoot, you know what? I did take the... I did go to that antebellum, you know... South party, um, and I I did pose in those dresses. Like, to her, it was just like, it was a college party, and I had fun. Yeah. And at this point, they bring Matt out. Uh, it's very obvious that they're not together. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been more obvious that one oh, of them was gosh. not okay with it. Yeah. Um, she says, uh, I really just want to take the time to say I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I hurt you. And there was just, they could have given, if they had just replaced 
if they just cut out all the uncomfortable pauses, they could have given us the entire Brie and Emmanuel Acho conversation. Honestly, though, those pauses, Mm -hmm. and I get it, like, they teach you, and, like, when you're leading a group or um, or if you're, like, a therapist or whatever, they say, like, let, like, let, let those uncomfortable pauses be. Don't try to fill them. Right. Don't try to cut them off. Let them be as silent as they need to be to process their thoughts. But this, for TV, I was like, seriously, y'all could have edited that. Yeah. Like, I literally laughed at one point, right before the commercial break. <laughs> I just remember laughing because I was like, are you serious? Like, he's like, yeah. Matt? <laughs> Uh, Emmanuel asks a couple couple questions with no response. Then for Mm -hmm. the third question, he says, Matt, what's on your mind? It's best to just be honest. And then Mm -hmm. Matt finally speaks, says the most disappointing thing for me was having to explain to you why what I saw was problematic and why I was so upset. But like, (sighs) I understand why that's upsetting and it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. But if this woman, as problematic as she has been, clearly loves you. Yeah. And she wants to be better for you. And I just don't understand why he just can't. While we yeah. all understand that what she did was what she did was wrong. And you're, you're at one, at what point do you have to just be like, this is what happened. And then just let ever, whatever happens after that happens. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, yeah, I think that and we were talking about this before recording and I did like a lot of like a lot of uh, not really like soul searching, but like just a lot of thinking about this because I was like, if I was in that position and if I'm dating a white guy who did something or said something racially insensitive or, you know, per- partook in a racially insensitive activity in college and then is saying something about it or joking about it or whatever. I see his Instagram picture or something like that. Um, I'm going to want to have a conversation with him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sweep it under the rug, obviously, but I'm going to be like, Hey, so here's why that's offensive. You know, let's talk about it. And he can ask me questions. I can tell him why I'm offended, why my family would be offended why other people that look like me are offended. But if he loves me and I love him, I feel like we're going to continue to have those conversations to work through it. It's not like, and and like to help educate him. Yes. Not, not to be like, well, you have to do the work by yourself. So I'm gone. Yeah. Because then how, how, how does that person learn and grow if they say they don't have a lot of people of color in their lives? I don't know how many people of colors, uh, people of color in her life that she has, that are that close to her. Let alone like who she thought was her soulmate. You yeah. know, that could be alongside her to be like, hey, okay, because it's not all of that. Like that wasn't all that she was. No, but like she I said, was... the QAnon thing, though, I'm kind of over. No, QAnon thing, I might break up with a guy about. But like, she doesn't even <laughs> seem like Matt doesn't even seem bothered by that because, as we have discussed in the past. Matt mm-hmm. is a reported conservative. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe he's maybe he's just like whatever about QAnon. True. Okay. Maybe, I did maybe, forget maybe he that he was the conservative. Care that much. So, true, true. 
But my my thought is, and I shared this with you before we started. When it comes to Matt and his dad, one thought comes to mind that thou doth protest too much. I think this man has a little bit more of his dad in him than he wants to admit because things yeah. got hard. And like, once again, this is my thought watching it was just like, bro, you can like tone it down a bit. Like you don't have to not be a part of this girl's life anymore because of right. this, you can work through it. And I'm just like, okay, well I'm a white guy. So maybe this is just white guy defending the white girl thing. But then I heard yeah. it from other black people where they said, Hey, like, and even Emmanuel Ajo was like, you're just going to, like, be done? Yeah. And I love the fact that you, like, took the time to take a step back and to think about this, like, as a white guy to be like, okay, so maybe naturally, like, this is where I'm like, here's, you know, but, like, that for me on Monday night, like, I was thinking as a brown girl, I was thinking, I was like, should I be more, should I feel more intense about this than what I... <laughs> do, you, do you not feel adequately offended? Right? like why why am i not as intensely offended as he is like do i need to like if i was dating a guy and he did this would i need to cut him off or would i be like just accepting something but no i really think that like i i just i think that if i'm in love with someone and we're different we're gonna butt heads but at the same time like you know i'm going to I, like I would hope that he would love me and I would love him enough to be like, we're going to have this fight or we're going to talk about these problematic things, but it doesn't mean I'm going to leave you. Yeah. It just means that like, you need to understand what this feels like, you know? Yeah. And so it's, yeah, like that, that's what blew my mind though. And I was, I honestly was hoping that he had worked it out with her before they said that they broke up because of the way that the, non-proposal went because I, I did feel like they had a real connection yes. that she genuinely loved him, that she genuinely loves him. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I, I thought that he loved, he loved her and maybe he does love her, but he doesn't know how to work out these things that he's feeling all these different things that he's feeling. Yeah. So if he feels one thing, he's like, I'm done as opposed to just feeling the other, which is love and happiness and acceptance. Yeah. So he, I'm kind of like, I, I just don't, I just don't know. Uh, he says that she needs to do the work and then she needs to do the work on her own. And uh, Rachel says, you were the only reason I decided to do a show. And that includes every single part of you. And that obviously includes you being a black man. I've mm -hmm. never experienced a love like this. At this point, I just don't see how I can have the same feelings for someone else. The whole time her voice is cracking. Yeah, she's clearly and listen, on the verge. I just of bought a new. I just bought a new TV. The TV has fantastic quality. Homegirl was crying like crazy. Yeah, like silently, snot all over her mouth. <laughs> I love how my mom was like. I don't think she cried that much. I was like, listen, I just bought this really awesome well, new TV. Maybe you, maybe you tell need you, to improve your I TV quality. <laughs> but then uh, Acho asks Matt if there's any room for them to uh, reconcile at any point. Matt dodges the question saying mm -hmm. she needs to do the work on her own. Yeah. And he said something about not wanting to be emotionally responsible for before for her doing the work or emotionally responsible for her tears yeah. or something like that. I don't, I don't know exactly what he said, but and he didn't want to carry that emotional, that emotional responsibility. And then we hear 
Emmanuel with his question, you may never speak to this man again. <laughs> what are your final words before he disappears from your life forever? <laughs> like I was like, Emmanuel, do you not know how vaccination goes? Like they're bound to see each other, but that's fine. That's fine. It's cute that you think that this is dramatic. <laughs> and then Rachel just apologizes again. And uh, then Nacho, Emmanuel Acho asks if they would like to share a final embrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt uh, chooses not to in a very it's obvious another and awkward, awkward way. Silence. Yes. Another awkward moment where they just sat there. He kind of skipped over even the thought of having an embrace or a hug with her. Yeah. He just sat there and went, it was like he went back and started talking about the work again. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. So, Matt, do you not realize that embrace meant like, hey, do y'all want to hug it out like you did when she came? On the stage at first. No? Okay, get it, got it. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. And this is how we end... This is how we close the uncomfortable part of this... Of this episode. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to a break. We come back. Uh, Emmanuel Acho, attempting to do his best Chris Harrison, lets us know yeah. that he's going to have Katie and... Michelle both come out, and he seems to imply that like he's gonna decide who the next. Okay, I I did think that I did think that for a second. Like I was like, uh. is it like part of his contract? Are you just gonna like sit there and be like, "Eeny meeny, tiny, it's you"? <laughs> like part of his contract is okay. I'll do the AFR, but also <laughs> I decide who's the next lead. They're like, oof, okay. And uh, he lets us know that. They're both. They they let us know. I, I I should say they let us know that they will both be the next Bachelorette, mm-hmm. which Katie is apparently already up and rocking. Oh and really? I thought she. Well, okay. No wait. So she's already started. Yeah. Her season starts this summer. Her season will air, I think, probably just a slightly slightly later than they norm it normally does. Okay. Yeah. But she is. Rachel was on Juliet Littman's podcast last week. Yeah, during Fantasy Suites week. And said that they are already setting things up in New Mexico. Ugh, and gosh. that was that was last Monday. Man. So they're probably already going. And then Michelle... I'm, just, I'm interested to see how they handle it with, in the time of COVID, though. Or is everybody to- just vaccinated already like what it's probably the same they're probably gonna do it the same way they've done the last two seasons but paradise like how do they do how do they do that paradise they're not i don't think they're gonna film paradise till the summer and i think they'll just assume Mm -hmm. that either they'll either do it the same way or they'll just assume that everyone's vaccinated or they'll just make sure i guess that i guess that is true yeah you're right they'll all quarantine and then even the people who show up late have already been there yeah you're right you're right but man i don't know so and then but i i was gonna say i i was excited that katie is the bachelorette uh what are your thoughts about michelle we also talked about this briefly before (laughs) and it feels like abc keeps having racially insensitive issues 
and their response is just to give us more black people. It's like I said, and I say this, I say this as a brown girl, <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I, that was my thought. If they had, if they had switched the seasons and, and, um, and Michelle was up next, I think I would have been like, wow. So you're only like, you think that like you were offended. It's okay. Here's another black person. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not going to fix it. Like y'all should have already been being diverse in your casting choices. But like, now you think that it's just going to fix it by just being like, oh, okay. Okay. Here's another person of color as a lead, you know? And it's just like, no ABC, you can't make up for your, your past actions all in like one lump sum. Well, there's only going to try. Cause I, I know in, in that, and that I'm like, that's embarrassing. Stop ABC. Stop. I can see through your obviousness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, uh, just, oh gosh. Katie's season will since the premiere summer of this year. And then Michelle will appear. Her season will appear in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, I'm guessing maybe we'll get, uh, we'll get Katie like mid May to like right before the uh, the Olympics, mm-hmm. and maybe Paradise after. Oh the gosh, Olympics. I forgot the Olympics is happening. Yep, that's another thing. I'm like, how are you gonna do that? <laughs> I'm just not used to the world yet. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, how? What, what is? I mean, this? I, I, I still don't think that there's a for certainty that it's going to happen. Yeah. The Olympics. But I think I, that's what I'm guessing. And then apparently, according to this article, Katie is the first woman to be cast as a bachelorette without making it to the top 10. Oh. She was number 11. Really? Maybe I just felt like Katie was in the top 10 because she got so much screen time for that drama. Yeah. So this will be. This will definitely be, uh, and uh, this will be an interesting year in terms of possibly never-ending Bachelor content. Gosh. Well, like I said before, though, I think that The Bachelorette has proven to be more successful. It's fun. I trust The Bachelorettes more than I do, except for Claire. Get her out of here. I trust The Bachelorettes more than I do The Bachelors, um, because you never know what you're going to get with The Bachelors. You can get a Pilot Pete, and you can get a Matt James. So, but are they, aren't they the same? Uh-huh. Sure are. <laughs> Just one of them is the whitest Good man in America? solid point. The only difference is that one of them is white and one of them is black. That's the only difference uh-huh. between that. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. Still the same kind of dumb. <laughs> same poor decisions. <laughs> that uh, was mean of me. I take that back. <laughs> no, that's mean to man. We, should, we can't be that mean to man. <laughs> I think we have recency bias because Peter was bad. Oh gosh, Peter. Oh my gosh. And you didn't listen to me when I told you that he was, I didn't like him. But we didn't know he was going to be that. We couldn't have possibly predicted he was going to be that bad. You were like all about Peter. You were like, Peter's so great. He's so great. Because he couldn't have been that bad. I didn't think he could possibly be that bad. No one did. No one knew that he was going to jack up his season the way that he did. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's it for this season. Man, oh man, that's a wrap? Guys, it's over. We made it through. We survived. I don't know about that. I know. I am half dead on the inside because of Matt James and his antics. 
or lack thereof. I don't even know. Ugh. But uh, just the stress that he's caused me, the stress of boredom. <laughs> and just, just yeah, just a lot. Um, I don't know when we'll be back. I'm assuming we'll do something when these ladies, when I guess when these men are announced for Katie. Yeah, and it'll be coming up soon, so we'll have a short break, I think. Yeah, because it's it's we'll mid, it's uh, mid March right now. I'm guessing mm-hmm. probably sometime in May, so mm-hmm. probably six to eight weeks. Yeah, we'll have. So I am excited about Katie, though. I'm very excited about Katie. Oh, I think I'm pumped. that I'm pumped for both of these. I yeah yeah I I'm very excited about the fact that um, I, I think they'll be good. I do. I think that they both have good heads on their shoulders. They're both fun. Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, keep telling it will yourself. Be fine. Just keep telling yourself. <laughs> I swear, if Katie blows this, <laughs> I'm just not coming back. <laughs> no, I don't think she will. I think she's gonna be great. Yeah. But uh, that's it for us for right now. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Right Reasons Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Podcasting for the Right Reasons. Oh, would we like to get a live final update on where I ended up in my batch bracket? <gasps> yes. Tell us. Okay, just sit over there and play your game. You don't need to be sassy. Jeez. Wait, what's happening? My <laughs> wife is being sassy. I asked, I asked you if you would want to hear my, my an update, and she goes, totes. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> okay, so yes, I I did a bachelor bracket this year. It is I'm stalling because it's taking forever to load, and I don't <laughs> really understand why. All right, so at one at one point I was like 187th place. Which, <laughs> look, there's a thousand and seventy eight people here. Don't don't do. Oh don't my gosh. Okay, okay, that's better than what that's better than my thought. Okay. So I am number one ninety five. Out of 1,078. Nice. So All what is right. that, like 12%? I think so. All right, well, that's... Good for you. I'm, I'm happy with that. That's not bad. And a year, and a... Really? Now, I mean, he probably should have just ended up with who I said he should have ended up to begin with. Who? Bree. I'm just throwing that out there. He probably should have Bree just ended Springs. up with Bree. Bree Springs. What a name. It's a great name. That's a pretty cool name. I just still can't believe that she taped a whole segment and they didn't play it. Yeah, which is made me really upset. Like that really does that really does take me off. I don't know if I can trust them. <laughs> They're gonna. It, it's gonna take me a while to like for the Bachelor producers to gain my trust back again. I'm not sure if I'm I ever gonna... trusted them. I always thought they were scummy. I mean, but this season though, with all the editing and yeah. the, like, like that, like that really messed me up. I, I think don't like that, that they're just bored. Don't do that to me again, Bachelor producers. We'll just, we'll just have to see what they do to Katie's men. Ugh, gosh, right. don't mess Katie up. Until next time, we will see you all later. And that's about it. Anything from us? Anything yeah. else from you? That's all I got. All right. I'm glad it's over. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm glad it's over. Bye, everybody.